Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Welcome into another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today, I'll be joined by New England Revolution 2 forward, Olja Escobar. Olja, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Busy time for you as you're preparing for this this upcoming 2024 season. And it's been a busy last year for you and a, a lot that you've accomplished. But first and foremost, let's let's hear about how things are going. I know you guys are down in Florida training for the for the upcoming season. How are things going for you? What's it what's it like down there? Yeah, so we got here on February 6th. We prepared ourselves before that too. So we had like a two preseason before that. And we came here, nice weather. Just another step of preparing ourselves for the upcoming year. Now, Ultra, are you still 17? Yes, I am. So you're a young young buck here, just getting going in your in your career. This is a big year. This will be your first full professional season, right? Yes, sir. So what's kind of the mindset for you coming in? I mean, I know there's been, there's a bit of a youth movement with the Revs right now. There's a lot of guys who have kind of been in your shoes who have progressed through the, through the uh, program and at a young age and, and develop pretty rapidly. So what's your mindset right now? And how much have you kind of leaned on some of the other guys who have kind of had that same developmental path as you? Yeah. So I, I kind of look up to the players that, that have jumped from the academy to the second team all the way through the first team. And now seeing all the, all the young kids on, on the first team for preseason just motivates me more to just do my thing and have fun and, be be a young kid playing at the professional level and obviously adapt myself really quickly so that I can be able to play at the at the highest level which is the first team. what do you as a, as a younger guy there's obviously a, a lot of young players with the revolution 2 right now but there's there's guys who are also more veteran than you what do you try to bring to the table and what kind of personality do you bring are you are you kind of like a sponge trying to soak up as much as you can or are you like are you are you outgoing in the locker room? What's kind of your personality with the team? So I try to be me. Like, I'm a person that just is really outgoing, I think so. And, like, obviously soak in all the, all the experience that, that the team has had. For example, like the, like the more older players, I can, I can see what they've been through and, like, how they adapt to the game or how they would adapt to, like, the training. And those are, those are steps I take that, like, I feel like that could help me like in my season and obviously proceed to the first team. On the field, what's how would you kind of describe your game and what you're bringing to the field as a player? I think I I can be really good on the ball and obviously be be a good player for for the club as in work on both sides of the ball and give what I like I'm usually known as a goal scorer so I can I can bring some goals to the table. So you were named last fall, I think this news came out. You were last year you were named the Revolution Academy Player of the Year for 2022-23, which is a big honor. I mean, obviously anybody who's familiar with the with the Revs Academy and the Revolution and MLS Next, that that's a big award. What was that honor like for you? What kind of thrill was that? To be honest with you, it was it was huge because entering the academy at 12 years old was was one of the, the dreams I've had since I was a little kid. I grew up watching the, the New England Revolution, the stadium. I used to play the 4v4 tournaments back in the stadium, so 
it was it was one of my dreams to just join the the organized the whole team and obviously to to be named after a couple of years of being in the academy like being basically the best player in the academy it was was huge for me. Coming into that that last season last year was that was that a goal you had set for yourself? I mean, did you kind of eye that award that that Academy Player of the Year award? Is that something you wanted for yourself? Yeah. So throughout the whole year, I didn't really know if like if that was an award. Still, like I mean, I did, but like right. like on my mind, but like knowing that it was, and like I've accomplished like a lot of stuff throughout that year. I felt like. Like it was coming for me, and like I was just really excited for the moment. How would you describe kind of the level of play with MLS next? I mean, I think it's it's seems to get better every year. It's it's you you talk to anyone, it's probably the elite the elite of the elite in in boys club soccer in in this country. So, what's it like playing in an MLS for an MLS next team and playing against MLS next competition? It's a good it's a good preparation stage for players like me. And, like, other players that have, like, evolved to the second team or to the first team. It's, like, you're around, like, the best players in the country. And if you stand out, like, you can. It's the best league to to be looked at. So I feel like it's a good preparation to be, to be, to be scouted. Right. And you were on the team, the U19 team that won the MLS Next Cup, right? Yeah, I was on... The last years and the year before that. So that I mean that was a pretty incredible accomplishment for the for the Revs Academy. I think the rest of the country, uh, you know, that that's involved with MLS Next, kind of took notice of of that because that's that's no easy no easy thing to do is to win two of those in a row. Um, what was that experience like? You know, winning the first one and then repeating the second year. Yeah. So originally I was a U seventeen for both of those years, so I was put in the pot the nineteenth. For the first year, we didn't qualify for with the 17th age group. So Coach Rolando gave me an opportunity to go with the 19s and obviously win win the championship, and we did. And then in the second year, we we went through with the 17s and we fell out in the quarterfinals. I'm pretty sure. And there was an opportunity of me and, and Peyton Miller joining the the U19s. So they gave us the opportunity and. Obviously, we did our best to to contribute with the team, and we ended up winning it. I got to ask you about Peyton too, because he's another young player in the in in the Revs developmental pathway here, who's just been ascending and, and playing phenomenal. What's it like playing with him? And just you, you touched on it a little bit, but what's it like playing with all these these young guys who are just all kind of making waves already early in their career? Yeah, I mean, playing with him is is amazing. Uh, I feel like I connect with him really well. Me and him are really close off and on the field, so I feel like the connection between me and him is, is great. And I like all last year it was me to him or him to me, so I feel like my connection play with him is good. Obviously, off the field we talk, where we've both gone through the same development with the academy, so it's been good. What's take it back to kind of your your young years here when did you really get serious with soccer when I mean when did you kind of know that this was um gonna play play a role in your future so I took it really seriously when I first joined the Rebs Academy I was like this is my this is my chance like my dad was telling me like 
oh, this is where you take advantage of your opportunities. You're at an MLS Academy. Like, this is where you can, like, start your program. Right. Was was soccer kind of in your family? I mean, were there a lot of good players in your family already, or was it something that you kind of did on your own? I heard that my father was good. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I – and my mother used to play, actually, too. So, so I'm it, not sure if she – but, yeah. It kind of like runs in the family, so. right? So, so it was coming up. I mean, have you ever have you ever seen any footage of your dad playing, or seen him no, play I, at all? I yeah, I asked him about. Uh, he hasn't. He he told you the glory stories though about how good he was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do that with my kids too, but I don't know if they believe me all the time when I when I try to tell them. But you got to do it as a dad. That's your job. Tell about the glory days. So, so that was kind of your your opportunity to to take your soccer career to the next level, joining the academy. Yeah, yeah. Were there other sports in your life growing up, or was soccer the one you gravitated to? So, being a young kid, I've always wanted to like stay active and like just like I didn't want to like I always had all the energy in the world. So, I tried. I actually tried lacrosse one time, and. I I got hit in the stomach pretty bad. And I just uh, playing next, so yeah. That and then after that, I just like I'm just stick to soccer. Like, like I would wake up, go to school, bring my shoes, like my futsal shoes, because you'd go in the gym, like bring my futsal shoes still to school. And then whenever I had the chance, like I would play, and then go back home, and go back to the park and just play. So I feel like soccer has just always been revolved like around. What do you think is, like, what would be your advice to, like, younger players who are training on their own? A lot of times, like, with basketball, it's easy. You take a ball down to the down to the court, and you shoot, and you shoot. But in soccer, is it, I mean, you, is it just working on your footwork, working on your dribbling skills, banging a ball against the wall? What, what, what kind of things were you doing when you were young, like, 9, 10, 11, 12, to work on your game? So I would just, like, I would just literally find the ball and, like, just do stuff with it, like have fun with it, like dude, just do whatever you want with it, and like at the end of the day, it's something you love doing. So you're, I feel like you should just have fun, and like if you just keep having more fun, the passion will come, and like the love for the game will will just will just hit in. So I feel like going to the field is great, and like I feel like like just doing stuff with the soccer ball, it's it's the best, right? So now you grew up in Massachusetts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you you were probably like you said you were watching Revs games since the time you were a kid. Were, were there other teams that you were fans of? Were you were were you a Premier League fan or what's are you a Premier League fan now? What do you, what account are you when it comes to watching soccer? What do you prefer? So I grew up battling with my dad. He's a Real Madrid fan, and I'm a Barcelona. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, we, we would bet like crazy, like not like money, but like right would be. For example, like a bite on the on your arm, <laughs> and like battles because he would like make me cry because he would tease me or whatever. Yeah, and that. But yeah, Barca was my was my team growing up. Who's your if you have a player right now that you kind of model your game after? Who is it? Realistically, I like he's really he's like old and he's playing in MLS, but like I think it's Messi. Yeah, like, it's always been so. I kind of still look up to him. Right. Well, that's a that's a great a great segue here with Messi because 
I actually, it's funny. I saw that Inter Miami was playing a, a match in Tokyo. I think it was a few months ago, or a month ago, or a few weeks ago. And he Messi didn't play, and I think the fans were really upset that Messi didn't play. It just it goes to show you that what a game changer he is for soccer. I mean, he's just such a drawing card that people will plop down a lot of money just to go watch him play. What does it mean to have him in MLS right now, playing in this country? I feel like it's it's really good for the for especially Inter Miami because. Now that now that Massey's there and Suarez is there and all those new players, the exposure is, is really big for them. So and 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 the MLS is like wherever they Inter Miami would go, like obviously all the people would go. So and obviously they have experience, so they they can go on the on the pitch and just show new stuff to new to the younger players like like Peyton Miller and like all, all the all the home drones and all the young players yeah. on the first team. So I feel like it's great for them too. And yeah, obviously thinking that that he's at Inter Miami and I have a chance of, of ascending to the first team is is amazing because then I say we play Inter Miami, I play alongside my idol. So right, I feel like it's right. Yeah, I mean that's a great point because him being here allows some of these kids from the younger generation the kids who are up and coming right now in the mls to get that exposure and i think the mls has always been looking for that like international star to come over here uh, messi's not necessarily in his prime right now but he did just win a world cup not, not long ago so i mean he's he's still uh, the biggest name in soccer right now so for him to be here i think it shines a light it allows uh, a light to be shined on a lot of different players and i think that that can only help the league and that's a good point like the yourself the Peyton the Peytons of the world like the guys who are coming up it's just going to help their 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 game grow exactly yeah for the for this season for for 2024 what are kind of are you the type of player who sets goals for yourself I mean are there some things you, you're hoping to accomplish this year some things you want to you want to get done on the field yeah I absolutely have goals I have one of my biggest goals is obviously scoring my first professional goal I haven't scored my first professional goal and then obviously going going on a run with my goals. So I wanna, I just wanna contribute with the team. I wanna, I wanna score. I wanna give assists. Obviously play well and like help the team on both sides of the of the ball. You have a you have a celebration planned if you get that first pro goal, or is it just gonna be whatever you think of in the moment? I always plan something before, but it like never it never comes out when I score. So. <laughs> Well, I've always wondered that with like with, with proven goal scorers, like guys who who score a lot of goals, like if they kind of premeditate those celebrations or if they just do it, they score the goal and then they decide on the spot. But that's funny you say that you have things planned, but it never works out according to how you wanted to plan it. Yeah, it's kind of just at the moment. Yeah, um, we got to talk about this too. You had uh, your your first in, um, international call up right last uh, last fall with with the Guatemalan national team. Yeah. How how did that go, and what was that um, the experience of getting that call up? How was uh, what was that whole experience like? So um, earlier in the year, after what happened in, in February last year for the Concacaf, I saw that I heard that the the first team coach was like interested in me. So I feel like I would see it coming, but I didn't think it was going to be like as quick as I thought. But yeah, I, it was it was an amazing experience. I got to debut. I think, thank God, the trainings the trainings were good. It was it was a pretty good level. So and then I got to debut in like four hours from my house. 
So my father was able to go. And obviously, it was probably huge for him to just see me debut uh, for a country that he was born in. Right. You, so where did you guys play? In New Jersey? Yeah, we played in New Jersey. Yeah. Have, have you been to Guatemala? Yeah. Actually, I leave on Wednesday to go for a U20 camp. Oh, nice. Well, how, how is it when you go down there? I mean, how's, how's the food? How's everything? How's the experience when you're down there? I think it's good. There's, there's players like over there, for example, like there's players from the U.S. to like other MLS academies. Yeah. So like it's not that I don't feel left out, but like there's also like players that can relate to me. Right. So I have a great time over there. Also, my family's over there. So whenever I have free time, I spend time with them. Nice. And and yeah, but it's good. How does the how does the mindset of you the player change from going like from your professional team or or your club team even to your to your international team? Because obviously, I mean, do, you, do the roles carry over? Or are you do you have to be a little bit of a different player and a, a different personality on those teams? I try to be the like the same role. So obviously, do the simple things well, defend obviously, and attack the same way, and which I. I the position I play at the club translates more to like the international. Yes, yeah. I play like winger here at the club, and then I'd play like winger or ten at at the international level. So it's it's kind of the same. Gotcha. It, it's going to be nice to be down in Florida right now. We're about to get a snowstorm up here in New England tomorrow. So you must be. Uh, if I were you, I'd be enjoying that weather while you're down there. No, I really am. I am. Nice, nice. How, really nice. how much longer are you guys down there for? I think they leave the 18. Okay, cool. So you still get some, still get some solid time. Um, well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna pivot to our uh, to our extra time segment, which you uh, which you agreed to do. Our our producer David Yaz is gonna hit us with three random soccer questions that we don't know what they are, and we're we're gonna we're gonna answer them. These are these are usually pretty fun. So we'll see what uh, David came up with. David, all you. It's the end of regulation. So let's move to extra time. All right. Welcome back to extra time. We have three questions for older and Matt older. You're the guest. You get to go first. First question is, should there be penalties in soccer for excessive celebrations? If they're too over the top and tell us if you're sort of pro or con on the elaborate goal celebrations, your thoughts. I think there shouldn't be uh penalty kicks for excessive celebrations because i feel like myself if i were to do like a celebration i've been wanting to do for a while and the rest <laughs> of the like, like and then i get punished for it <laughs> i feel like it's something that that wouldn't make sense have you have you had a celebration in your at any point in your soccer career that was particularly memorable yeah i've done where like I kind of just like sleep <laughs> under my arm, so my hand. So yeah. All right. One, like one. Like I can do this in my sleep. <laughs> is that kind of what it is? <laughs> okay. Good, excellent answer, Matt. Your thoughts? Oh, the more celebrating, the better. I'm all I'm all for elaborate, um, choreographed celebrations. The more, the better. I mean, this is why the NFL got called the No Fun League for all those years because right. they, they wouldn't let these guys even like spike a football. Like if you and in, in soccer, like there's a lot of matches. One goal will be scored. So if you're the person that scored that one goal, I, I mean, I say 
Let them celebrate. Let everyone celebrate. The crowd likes it. The players like it. And if the defense doesn't like it or the other team doesn't like it, they need to stop it. So I'm I'm all for celebrations. All right. Matt, let's cook one up ourselves. I, I like the ones where, like, one guy sits down, the other guy's giving him a phony haircut yeah, or maybe, something maybe like we'll that. Maybe we'll start doing celebrations at the end of podcast. We'll put the camera on and we'll just choreograph <laughs> some celebrations. I saw one. I've told you that this is off topic a little bit. My my son is an ultimate disc player, and they the his opposing team scored a goal. And the guy had one where he sat his his teammate got down on all fours. He sat down. They someone pretend to cut his hair and use the disc as a mirror. To oh, hold up. fantastic! See, that's good. You got to use a prop. Tremendous. All right. Question number two. Question about soccer and gambling. The the MLS has embraced gambling as far as I can tell. In, in, in other words, gambling betting sites are allowed to be sponsors and things like that. Premier League recently voted to at least limit the exposure of logos for those on jerseys. Matt, you your your thoughts first. Should should there be any hesitation on soccer to embrace gambling as a thing? What's funny, because like if we had this conversation Five years ago, it'd be like laughable, like that we're even talking right. about gambling yeah. with any sports. I mean, but like, it's just become part of, I mean, you had the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Like, it's just <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's just what sports, right. I mean, that's just what sports are right now. So, I mean, I don't, I, I would be hesitant uh, if I were the powers that be with any sport to be like, uh, how far do we want to dip our feet in this water? But like, it's just, it's the way of the world right now. And Hopefully everything's on the level, and I think it is. It's just, it's, and honestly, probably if there's legal gambling, hopefully you take away from the dangers of of illegal gambling. So I guess, I guess you just have to embrace it these days. Now, Olger, we know you are restricted from gambling on games, and we would never suggest otherwise. But just in general, your thoughts on the relationship between gambling and soccer? I feel like it's a great way to compete. I think so. Mm-hmm. I personally would do gambling if I was allowed to. <laughs> that's a great answer yep ultra i don't think uh, you're the only one i think everybody would if they i mean it's sure. it's legal now it's an yeah. illegal it's a legal thing right because i feel like it would just make the games more interesting for me right obviously like say i bet on on someone's scoring like the 85th minute and i put like two dollars on it and like and then it hits like, right i'd like obviously it'll become an addiction but right <laughs> i feel like well, it's funny. You go on DraftKings right now, and you can, like, if you type in soccer or something, you could find, like, you could bet on, like, the Saudi Arabian third league. Like, it's just, like, stuff yeah. that you, like, like holy, there's games everywhere. And it's, like, there's something for everyone. I don't know who's knowledgeable enough with these leagues to, to know what to do, but it's it's out there. And Olger brings up a good point. I mean, for it, it, it immediately gives people an investment and extra reason to root and done properly it just makes it more fun right, yeah right. especially that that the in-game gambling is right crazy you know you can bet on how many first downs will the 49ers get on this drive right bet, bet right now i think <laughs> there was i think there was an nfl player early in the season who like was using DraftKings, but he got caught using it like on team on at team headquarters so that was right. the penalty but i think if he had like i think it was like betting on something in baseball or something oh, but, okay. if he, but if he had done it at home i think he would have been fine right. but he was on the team headquarters so it's just it's a slippery slope and Olger knows it and like everyone needs to be very careful but it's it's just here it's it's here right all right yeah. final question Olger. um question about penalty kicks whether they be shootout or just a regular penalty kick is there one you remember in your entire life playing soccer a memorable time when you were called upon to kick a, a penalty kick and whether it was good or not which any memories of that yeah so i have have one that has stuck with me for since it happened 
where it was in the CONCACAF and it was uh, make it 2-1. It was for the World Cup ticket. So mm. we were down 2-0 against the United States. And obviously it's the U.S. It was a full stadium, almost full stadium. There was like 10 to 15K in the stadium. And I was just looking around me like, like my heart was pounding. <laughs> this was like, if I don't score this, like it'll be 2-0 and they'll go into that into the second half, like, with all the momentum. But if I score this, like, we're back in it, and, like, it'll give us the chance to compete with them and obviously get a ticket to the World Cup. And I scored it, and obviously, like, right when I when it hit the back of the net, it was, like, it was, like, I heard all this. Well, I didn't really hear all these things, but after the game, I, like, saw a video, and, like, I was, like, wow. Like, like I heard all the screens in the video, and, like, it was like I couldn't hear it right when I scored. I kind of just like blanked, but yeah, right. I, I think that. Was how did the How did that game turn out? Sorry. How did the game turn out? We lost five three. No. Yeah, we ended up falling out the last ten minutes of the game. It was well, like it was back and forth. It was two. It was two zero, two one, three one one, three two, and then it was four four two four three three, and then they ended up getting. The, the winning. Well, you had your moment. That's my favorite moment of that game. <laughs> yeah, Matt, your thoughts, your answer to that question. So I can't compete with that because I've never, <laughs> I've never played at that level. My own, my biggest claim to fame, one of my big claim to fames of my playing career, though, through the youth and high school days, I never missed an in-game penalty kick, which was mm. going back to my youth days. I, I think I was like seven for seven or something for any penalty kick I ever took in game. So, um, what was your strategy? Or did you I have- just, I've, I always just, you know. I would just pass the ball into the corner. That was how I did. I mean, I, I every Think time I, pass, I, yeah. yeah, I didn't go for, I didn't try to shoot with power. Mm. I didn't try to overthink it and say, okay, goalie's going to guess right or left. I'm going straight ahead. I just passed it into the corner and tucked it. I got really good at tucking it right into the post. Mm. And I, I could, and it's funny. I, I, I still do it now when I teach my, my older son's team on approach to taking PKs, I say, just pass it in guys. Just use that inside of your foot and pass it in. It's the number one. It's the way to hit the ball accurately. You don't have to smash the ball because you're at the advantage. The goalie's going to cover that giant net. You just have to tuck it into a, a well a well positioned shot, and that was what I did. I mean, I I didn't try to rocket it. Oh, Olger, what do you when you're taking it? Do you go for power? Do you go for placement? Do you go for the mind games? What do you, what do you do? I kind of just I place it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I place. Yeah, I mean, I know there's there's a, there's a lot of you, you see it. It, it, I'm always astonished at like a World Cup when it gets to PKs. How many dudes miss PKs? How many dudes sky it? I mean, mm-hmm. a, a new. I, I think a new thing is to go straight ahead because they know the goalie's going to guess. I don't know. I just never thought mm-hmm. that way. I thought if you just place it to a post, they're not going to save it. Right? They're not going to get yeah, there. They're not getting there. All right. Terrific segment of of extra time, and you both did so well, and you won me some money because I went on DraftKings before this and bet on both of you to have really interesting answers, and, <laughs> and it hit. It was a parlay. So thank you. Back to you, Matt, to close things out. Awesome. I told you this was, uh, this was great. You did, those were really good extra time answers. Uh, you're, you're wise beyond your years here already. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, hey, best of luck uh, this year. I'm sure we'll be talking to you, and we'll be, we'll be keeping tabs of how everything goes. Thank you so much, Matt. Okay, take care. Thank, thanks again to Olger Escobar for joining the podcast. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by David Yaz and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe 
wherever you listen to our podcast or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.